Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, February 17th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, high winds and heavy rain projected for much of the state. Then the Mississippi Economic Council pitches its workforce development blueprint to lawmakers. And Mississippi State University prepares to host its annual Story State event. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. We're keeping an eye on severe weather in the state throughout the day today. Daniel Land is with the National Weather Service in Jackson, and he joins us live. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Severe weather is in the forecast. What can we expect? Well, we have a strong cold front that's going to be pushing across the entire state a little bit later on today. Um, The storms haven't really developed yet. What we're looking at right now is later on this morning, thunderstorms will begin to develop. Uh, just to the west of the Mississippi River and along the Mississippi River. And then they're going to push eastward across the state through the the midday and afternoon hours and probably exit by the early evening, Um, especially over the northern and central portion of the state. There's a pretty high likelihood that we're going to have some severe weather, and the threats that we could see with those storms include damaging wind gusts uh, and some tornadoes, unfortunately. And it's possible that we could have uh, one or two tornadoes that are strong as well. And talking about west and central portions of the state, what areas face a more serious threat? It's really going to be the area from around uh, Vicksburg to McGee and Laurel to the north. So that would include Jackson, Meridian, um, all of the Delta counties, the Golden Triangle area, Tupelo, um, all the way up to the Tennessee state line. Uh, that's, that entire region is kind of within the, the area where we're seeing the most potential with today's system. Do you have any idea what time this is going to build? Yeah, we could start to see severe weather as soon as late this morning or getting close to the noon hour. Um, the, the majority of it and probably the strongest activity is going to be once we get more into this afternoon. Uh, Probably the mid to late afternoon hours is when we'll see the most going on. And then things will start to gradually taper down into early this evening with the severe threat ending uh, before we get uh, too far after sunset. That's what I was going to ask. Are we going to be seeing some of this after dark? 
We're not, and you know, that, that's something that we deal with often here is nighttime severe weather. So on the one hand, it's a good thing that a lot of this will happen during the daytime when people are more alert. Um, on the other hand, when you get these types of storms during the middle of the day, uh, a lot of times there's more fuel in the atmosphere to to um, make those storms stronger. So it's it's uh, you know it's kind of a mixed bag in, to, in terms of whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We certainly don't want stronger storms, so um, that's the bad part of it. So what precautions should people take at this point? Yeah, the biggest thing is um, you want to have an idea of where you're going to seek shelter if one of these storms begins to approach your area. Know that ahead of time so you don't have to, um, you know, figure it out on such short notice um, when a warning is actually issued. Um, Other than that, you need to stay close to a good source of weather information throughout the day so you can receive warnings for your location and take action if you need to. So if you're in the home, go to an interior room? Yes, yes. So the the safest place to be if if there was a tornado approaching your location, um, if you're in a regular house, it's going to be the lowest floor, um, an interior room, preferably a small room or a narrow room like a closet or a hallway. Those are usually the last rooms that are left standing when a tornado destroys a house. Um, If you do have something like a basement or some sort of underground shelter, that's also ideal. Um, Some areas have community storm shelter, so um, you don't want to wait to the last minute if you were going to go somewhere like that. But um, maybe if you wanted to plan ahead to go somewhere like that, that's that's a good option as well. And then the other thing is uh, mobile homes and manufactured homes. Um, they're generally not safe in tornadoes. It, it only takes uh, to around an EF2 tornado to obliterate a mobile or manufactured home. So um, if you live in one, it's a, just a good idea to have an alternative option in mind, somewhere that you can go if it looks like uh, you're going to get some pretty rough weather in your area. With this, are we looking at the possibility of power lines down? Yeah, that will certainly be a possibility. Um, and the thing is, today, it's going to be exceptionally windy, even outside of the storms. We have a wind advisory in effect for pretty much uh, the most of the state, um, because we could see wind gusts in the 40 to 50 mile per hour range, even outside of thunderstorms. So there's already some potential with that to have down trees and power lines, uh, but certainly with the thunderstorms as they move through, that will also be a possibility. Is it a possibility that this front could subside and this system weaken and we not have to deal with this? That's always a possibility, but we haven't seen any signs of that occurring. So our recommendation would be to kind of prepare for the worst, just to be ready for it either way. And then, of course, we'll hope for the best and, and you know, hope that we don't have any substantial impacts with it. Okay. Anything that you need to point out that I didn't ask? I think that pretty much covers everything. It's through going to be windy all day and then an increase in thunderstorms uh, later on and through this afternoon and just stay close to a good source of weather information today. All right. Thank you to Daniel Land with the National Weather Service in Jackson. Have a good day. Keep us posted. Coming up, the State Economic Council pitches its workforce development blueprint to lawmakers. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Representatives from Mississippi's Economic Council, which is the State Chamber of Commerce, addressed lawmakers at the Capitol yesterday. The MEC is hoping to draw attention to its new workforce development report, which is called Securing Mississippi's Future. Scott Waller, who is president of the MEC, tells MPB's Kobe Vance the report was developed through focus group style meetings with business leaders throughout the state. It is education, workforce development, skills training. It is talent, retention, and attraction. It's our, how's our infrastructure play a role? Economic development, business climate, and then, of course, healthcare. Every one of those have some factor of having an impact on our workforce, having an impact on our economy. So our goal now is is to begin to work. Uh, I know it's an old cliché. But the cliche of, you know, you have to have a plan and then you have to work the plan. Now comes the time to work the plan. So fortunately, we think we're, we're making progress. There's legislation that is actually alive and moving forward through the process that addresses some of the issues that we've already laid out. And then as we begin to work on that, we'll start to see a change. But ultimately, as we make these improvements, we as a state have to be the ones telling our story. We have to be saying, hey, look at what's happening in Mississippi and not letting someone else somewhere else talk about what's happening in Mississippi. That's that's really will be key in how we communicate what's available, how we communicate what we've accomplished, and how we communicate of what we can accomplish as we go forward are the key things. What kind of jobs are you all trying to foster here in the state? I think it, 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 it's, it's twofold. One, I think, you know, we have a very strong manufacturing base. But manufacturing is changing. It's, it's, it's very much more advanced. There's a lot of technology involved, so we have to make sure we get that technical training. Uh, I think we're trying to create a, an atmosphere of entrepreneurship. You know, technology is driving so much that we got to take advantage of it here in the state. And then ultimately, if we do that, what's going to happen is each of those jobs are going to have a much, much higher rate of pay which ultimately will raise our per capita income, which is one of the major goals that we have uh, in, in going forward. So I think if you look through the report, this is, this is really designed to be just that. It's designed to be a roadmap. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily provide a, an answer to the problem. It provides a pathway to address the problem and find that solution to the problem. So we're very excited about what we were able to learn on our tour. I think the impact and the input that we had from so many people uh, play such a big role in why this is important, and I think that's what makes this plan special. Uh, What do you see as, like, one of the more important factors in trying to get workers to come to Mississippi? Minimum wage has been on the topic of the news for a while, and I saw in your package y'all are suggesting around $10. Uh, You know, I think really the economy is driving that right now. I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing jobs that, in the state. They can't fill jobs that used to be minimum wage jobs. They're, they're paying well above that right now because, I mean, the economy is driving that. And I think as we move forward, you're going to continue to see it. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of, in a lot of ways, I think sometimes from a minimum wage perspective, that there's, there's a misnomer of what minimum wage is designed to do. Minimum wage is really designed to get you into the workforce and let you learn how to be in the workforce and then you advance from that point forward. And I think that it, at this point, things are changing, and you're starting to see that number just on its own go higher. So I think, you know, again, we want to really focus on how do we, 
how do we create jobs that are well above that? How do we get above the state average of per capita income or state average of family per capita income in order to really start to affect real change in the state? So that's what we're trying to focus on is bringing those types of jobs, those types of opportunities to allow us to be successful. So, and other than you know, offering just the pay increases for, for workers, what do you think are some of the best ways to you know, get somebody to come to Mississippi and stay in Mississippi? Is it health care uh, benefits? Is it- no, I, I think, I think it, it's, it's all-encompassing, but I think then that comes back to that, that quality of life or quality of place approach. How, how do we make our communities desirable? How do we create a situation where they have all of the things that we're looking for in terms of activities, amenities, and I think as we move forward, we're starting to see a lot of our communities across the state really focus on that. And, and as I told another group earlier, it doesn't ha- you don't have to be Nashville or Austin or Dallas. You just have to do it well. And a lot of our communities across the state are really focusing on finding a way to do it well. Coming up, Mississippi State University is set to host its annual Story State event, and you also just heard from Scott Waller, who is president of the Mississippi Economic Council. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi State University is hosting its annual Story State event later this month. The festival aims to bring together young and experienced storytellers throughout the state. Contest winners for best nonfiction writing, podcasts, and documentary film will receive cash prizes for their work. Josh Form, Foreman rather, is a communications instructor at MSU. We started this about three years ago, and our idea was to find our great storytellers and bring them to campus here at Mississippi State and have them kind of speak and share their storytelling secrets with an audience here on campus. Well, of course, our our plans changed completely in March of 2020, and we shifted more toward um, filming our participants and creating some little multimedia presentations where they can um, talk about their lives and you know we have visual artists so they can show their paintings or you know we can put music in if it's a musician and so it's kind of turned into this um, nice little multimedia event where we broadcast it on the day February 24th and then um, everybody can go and listen all across the state and then you know a year or two from now if you didn't catch it you can go back and listen so it's kind of kind of turned out good. And who who can participate? Uh, in the contest, we have it's open to any college student in the state of Mississippi, and um, we asked for submissions, and we we received a good number of submissions, and we're um, judging those right now for the contest. Um, as far as participating as a viewer, anyone can do it. It's free. It's totally open to the public. And um, we've got we're going to have everything on our website, storystate.msstate.edu, so that anybody who wants to go and listen to these storytellers can just click a couple of clicks, and you'll be listening to the presentation, hearing great music, and watching these people. 
Give us an idea of what people hear if they decide that they want to tune in. A great example would be, you know, I'm partial to blues music, and um, I've always loved that we have, you know, we're kind of the home of the blues here, and we've had so many great blues musicians. Um, A lot of the greats like Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters have passed, and they're not around anymore, but there's the next generation of greats who are still around. So one of one example of that is Terry Harmonica Bean, who lives in Pontotoc. And, um, you know, Mr. Bean is an elder himself, but um, he remembers being around all those great North Mississippi blues men when he was a kid, and uh, everybody in his family was going to work in the factories in Tupelo, and uh, it just never quite sounded right to him, and he he said, why, why, why would I go work in a factory when I could, you know, carry on this tradition of blues music? And he's made quite a name for himself as a, a blues man. He's recorded, I think, seven albums, and he's toured Europe, toured Africa, and uh, he lives right in Pontotoc. So he's an example of somebody who um, we interviewed and, and put together a little multimedia presentation for him, and he plays a few songs. So uh, it's it's just wonderful to get to hear kind of look inside his mind and and how he thinks about the blues and also learn a little bit of history on the blues. So what is it that draws students to this contest? What do they tell you their goal or objective is? Mississippi is the, we we pride ourselves on our storytellers. And uh, like, like with the bluesmen, a lot of our great writers and musicians are people who lived in the past and kind of are not making stories anymore. So we thought, you know, we still have just as many great storytellers in Mississippi, but maybe they're in the next generation. And what what better way to start to allow them to share their voice than to ask for their stories, collect them, and kind of reward them for being good, ambitious young storytellers. So I think anybody who uh, is a writer or a filmmaker or uh, even is a aspiring podcaster can compete in our contest and um, share their stories and maybe get a a little reward for it. And so these students are creatives. They have this type of leaning towards poetry and... um... Yeah, they're creative. I think you got it right. They're creative people. And they may be in a different, all different mediums, but um, just like we have with our nine storytellers this year, You've got people who express themselves in very different ways, but they're all creative. You know, Terry Harmonica Bean is a blues man, and his medium is music. Haley Montgomery is a a visual artist, and she does beautiful watercolor paintings. She makes woodblock prints and graphics. And then you've got somebody who's kind of more in my, what I'm drawn to as a storyteller, Lynn Oldshue, is a print journalist, and she loves talking to people. She lives down in Mobile, but she's from Mississippi, and um, she's done, I think, 1,800 interviews just talking to people, everyday people, getting their stories, and then publishing them in um, all different kinds of publications and on her website, OurSouthernSouls.com. So um, Gabe Smith is a, the director of the theater here in Starkville. He's, his medium is acting and directing, so I think when you bring all these different storytellers together and you recognize that Mississippians are talented storytellers in many, in many different mediums, 
it's just it's wonderful to see the collection and i think students hear that and they they know that well my medium is theater okay i'm included here anything that i didn't ask you that's important to mention mississippi has a lot of famous storytellers and they're the people who inspire us and make us proud and and you know we we here in mississippi we're always happy to to have points of pride since we get uh, we have so much, enough criticism from outside the state, but a lot of our storytellers are people who are doing great work. They're working really hard. They're producing masterful stories, but they haven't reached that level of fame that a John Grisham has um, or some of these other great, famous Mississippi storytellers. So I love that with Story State, we can, you know, this is an annual event. So last year, I think we had. Um, 11 storytellers participate this year we have nine so i love that every year we're going to be able to find nine or ten more storytellers in all these different fields and just give them a chance to talk about their art and share their art and um, let people know that there are still many great storytellers who are you know living and working in mississippi today Professor Josh Foreman, thank you so much for speaking with us about this event. And folks who want to check it out can go to the university website. Yes, storystate.msstate.edu. And all the presentations will be right there on February 24th. All right. Again, thank you so much. Thank you, Desiree. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Creature Comforts. Then at 10, it's Autocorrect. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow at 8.30 for the next Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Take care and be safe today.